Hey there, Lunatic Fringe, Callie, your host, right here, and that was Purple Mountains, All My Happiness is Gone, but it's actually David Berman, who is the engine behind that, um, who's the singer-songwriter and partially musician. (laughs) He did write the song and all. Um, So as I was, as if you're listening to this podcast and keeping up at all, um, so I wrote a song, I wrote a book uh, with a short story um, about David Berman. And I just, I still can't believe that David Berman is gone. Um, not only is his happiness gone, but he killed himself. So, and it's just really funny. This guy, I found this album totally by accident. I mean, uh, it just was such a, a weird fluke. And I knew about his previous bands, The Silver Jews, and I liked them. I thought they were witty and smart and well done. And the, his turn of phrase is truly singular. I mean, if you really listen to the words, just if all you bought was this album and listened to every single word over and over, like I did um, many times, it's it just blows my freaking mind, like... What a wordsmith this guy is. And um, his songs, it's so funny because on this album, they're like so catchy. And it's like, you, I mean, he really wrote the final swan song. And uh, because the stuff is just, you couldn't have, he couldn't have wrapped it up better with anything else. I mean, he really, really did a great job. But, you know, of course, there is a horrible, horrible ominous cloud because the guy is gone. And uh, it just really, you know, suicide is just a freaking sad ass thing. And um, and it's just funny because, like, I don't know this guy. You know, he's a musician. Um, but, you know, music really touches us in a super intimate way. And when I was researching my little short story, and, I mean, it's my book is a memoir, Chicago Stories, An Outsider's View from the Inside. So you're not talking I don't I don't need to do the interview. I mean I don't need to uh do the research to write a memoir cuz it's just my, you know, whatever my experience. But 
I really do believe in doing it justice. So one night I'm like, hey, Polly, let's get in the car and let's drive over to Drag City. So Drag City is not only where he published the majority of his music um, and where he recorded his music, but it's also in Chicago. It's over on Irving Park. And it's also, I believe, and I could be wrong, I am not a historian or you know, a journalist, but I'm pretty sure that's also where he died. Um, he was living uh, above Drag City, is what I've been told by a few people. So anyway, um, I just wanted to drive by there. I don't know why. I just did. So, you know, we're driving down Irving Park, and it's way west Irving. So if you are in, let me give you some trajectory if you know anything about Chicago. So I'm in Rogers Park. So we have to hike it on down to kind of sort of the lake view-ish area, um, like Lincoln Square Lake View-ish sort of zone. And then you grab Irving Park and then you go way west. So we did. And um, and it becomes a much more like, um, we have a lot of Eastern Europeans, like people from the Ukraine, um, Polish, Armenian, uh, Russian, you know, like you name it. We've got a lot of people from, you know, the former Czech Republic, whatever. So if you go up that way... Um, which is, you know, so that's how I, I mean, there's like a lot of banquet places for big families and events and et cetera, et cetera. So the thing you start noticing is you're going west away kind of from the core of the, you know, the city as we know it is, you know, it gets more like an industrial suburb and across the street from Drag City, you're basically looking at some used car lots that, I mean, I've driven past many times and now it's like funny during COVID and stuff, there's like all this barbed wire and the fences got a way lot higher. And uh, there's the patio theaters up there, which is an old, beautiful movie palace. It is so badass, you guys. It's not even funny. I went for um, Terror in the Isles and um, it used to be called Music Box Massacre. Then it became The Massacre, and then it became Terror in the Isles, and it's this horror film festival that's up around that way. And I just love that theater so much, and sooner or later, they're going to demo it, because, I mean, it was like the last time I went to a festival there, a movie festival, It we couldn't even go inside, because there was like, I don't know, some plaster falling from the ceiling, or something was going wrong with the toilets, or there was some drama as uh, my Southsider friend Ziggy would say. And so we couldn't get in and uh, they had to postpone it. But I digress. So we go by Drag City and Polly's like, you know, she doesn't know. I just take her on these adventures. And uh, it's just, you know, I just wanted to sort of see the last place he was. And it's, I don't know if anybody out there has been suicidal before. I have. And uh you know, there's just this bleakness and um, this hopelessness and this void. And the more you sit in the void, the more dangerous it is. And you really have to watch it because it's really hard to get out. And, you know, they can medicate this shit out of you, give you all kinds of happy pills. But at the end of the day, you have to also look at, is there something real that is causing, you know, my deep well of sadness? And sometimes there is. And if you don't work through that shit, if you sit in that, it is like, you know, it's pretty much a train, a one-way train ticket. And, uh, you know, I just, I was looking at the, 
the urbanness. And it's so funny because, you know, through depressed eyes, it just gets grayer and steelier and colder and grittier and hopeless, more hopeless. And then if, you know, you're in a decent place, you see all the old, there's like a lot of old buildings over there and beautiful little streets. And, you know, I do like um, very urban living. And I do love these weird, like, near suburbs of Chicago. They're neighborhoods. They're not really suburbs. And uh, I don't know why I like them, but I, maybe it's because I've been around them. I just sit and drive them. I'm like a freak. Plus, I'm really into architecture. So it tells a story about a community. Uh, and uh, that's why it's important to keep those things around. But anyway... So I get done and, you know, we're like listening to his music and Polly's like, oh my God, this shit is sad. Like, because she's actually listening. If you passively put it on, people would not even, I, I, I'll play it in the car and like, nobody notices, you know, until you really listen. And I think that's sort of the magic of David Berman and especially this Purple Mountains album. This is like, this really blew my mind. He's got... um a line in there that I just can't get out of my head. Um, it, it's like, uh, I quit drinking. or well, I tried to drown my sorrows, but they learned to swim. I was like, oh, shit, that is deep. And uh, so anyway, and then, you know, I can't help but it's just the nature of me. Think of all the people whose heart he broke when he, you know, offed himself. And, uh, you know, I mean, he had a lot of people who I think really, really loved him and supported him and looked up to him and and were really part of his, you know, circle. But it's just what depression does. It puts an axe to anything good, you know? And uh, And it's real. And, you know, we're all talking about it lately, but it's really funny because it's like, you know, this is what I liked about David Berman, but it's also the sad state of affairs of our country. It's like, the less education people have, the less that they become um, conscientious consumers, and especially if they don't have critical thinking. I mean, you, anybody can sell you snake oil. You know what I mean? And it's like, I look at the politics and all this shit going on now, and these new laws being act, enacted, no one connects the dots. You know, I know a lot of nice people who, they're not against gays, and they're not... Um, they're kind of like, nobody's, nobody is like joyful about abortion. Nobody's like, woo, yeah, abortion. You know, um, it's a horrible decision to have to make, but sometimes you may have to make it. And the fact that like women are like, you're too stupid to make that decision. Sorry, I got to make it for you. I'm the law. You know, I mean, there's something really sick about that. And now they're going to act like KGB basically. And like anybody who helps a person not carry the baby to term is going to be like going to jail and shit. This isn't America. David Bowie wrote a song called This Is Not America. Yeah, well, you know what? What the hell is that? That is about as anti-American as you can get. And it's like all these people who are like flying the Trump flag thinking like they're being good Americans, you have been sold some snake oil, my friends. I mean, here's a trust fund kid who basically, <laughs> you're like, oh, he's one of us. No, my friends, he's not one of you at all. And it's like, you know, David Berman um, was a very intellectual guy, a very smart guy, a very well-read guy. 
And I think why a lot of these people are so frustrated and depressed is because, um, I mean, when you look at the world, it's like, I keep trying to look away, quite frankly. I really don't want to hear the news. I really don't want to hear this bad stuff. But like yesterday, a friend of mine came in for a haircut. So I'm cutting her hair. And she's married to a woman. They've been married many years, many years. They have two 16-year-old twins, you know, that, I mean, when I met them, neither one of them had any kids, right? You know, this wasn't, this is her partner, had in vitro fertilization, had two twins. So they have raised these kids since they popped out. You know, these are their children. And so her partner no longer works for the certain company that was giving them health insurance. And um, the other partner, my friend Beth, went to work because she has health insurance through her work. So she's like, she went to sign up. And we're in Illinois. So she goes to sign up in Illinois. And I'm going to say, I'm probably going to get sued. I better not say anything. But I will next podcast. I'll find out if it's legal or not. I mean, it's the law at Lowe's. I'm just going to say it. So Lowe's Hardware, she goes in and she's like, hey, I want to sign up for insurance because, you know, she wants to insure her daughters and because they've got, you know, things that they need to have. They're 16-year-old girls, okay? They need to be insured. So anyway, she goes in only to find out that Lowe's in Illinois gets their insurance through Alabama and Alabama does not recognize same-sex marriage. So she is really up shit creek. And uh, you know, like two of her girls, both of them have medication they have to take, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's really not good. So she had to, in order to get them insured, just in case you're a lesbian couple with 16-year-old kids who find yourself suddenly uninsured, she had to get the adoption papers for when her Luckily, when they first got married, when they first got together and they had this baby, this isn't luckily at all. I'm being a smart ass. Um, they had to file adoption papers, Beth did, because she's not, the baby didn't come out of her. It came out of Leslie. So anyway, um, so luckily she had adoption papers, uh, which, you know, because at the time uh, gay marriage wasn't uh, legal in Illinois. Well, you know, now it is. Or so we thought everything was Illinois and Illinois, but it's not. So obviously this company, you know, got the cheaper insurance. And that's the thing. So all these people that I talked to are like, yeah, I'm going to move to Tennessee. I'm going to move to West Virginia. It's cheaper to live. Well, you know what? It's cheaper to live on an island too. It's cheaper to go put yourself on a boat and float out to the middle of the sea. You know, there's reasons certain states are more expensive. It's because we want to have a better quality of life, you know? And um, I know people can debate that and stuff. But you know what? All I say is go to some of these states that have the lowest cost of living. It's because they have the lowest care for life, you know? Talk to somebody who's worked in a coal mine. I have. It really sucks, okay? You know? I mean, I guess I'm old enough that I've talked to people who've done really horrible jobs for a living, and have worked and lived in countries where, you know, the government doesn't care if there's a cave-in or some shit. And we think that doesn't happen here. Well, guess what? We're moving in that direction. Because suddenly, for some reason, everybody's really worshiping all these people that are living off their flesh and blood. You know, all these, like, trust fund people who are, like, suddenly... And they're not even the smart ones that, like, built their company from the ground up. Daddy helped them. 
I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just going to call out Elon Musk. I'm sorry. Glad your dad owns some emerald mines. You know, it's not like suddenly Elon popped out of the womb and had to work his ass off. I mean, the guy's not a lazy ass, okay? He's obviously doing some shit and whatever. You can respect that. But I mean, the bottom line is, you know, you are not that person. You who's working in a gas station, you who is a day laborer, you who is a truck driver are not a trust fund child. So don't think you're like that guy. You know, I think Hemingway had a term, uh, the exploited proletariat. You know, and getting back to the whole reason I did this podcast, and the reason I'm bringing all this up is like, these are the things, when I did a little research on David Berman, these are the things that aided him. He was a very, like, he was the kind of person who's looking a little deeper at laws and uh, the country and some of the things we're doing. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are really depressed about this. But you know what? Turn your depression into action and don't forget to vote. Don't forget to get out there and protest when somebody is taking your health. You know, it's really funny. When I was in college... I was a different person. I was a young person. I did not know a lot, okay? That's why you're in college, right? Because you're learning stuff. And, you know, I found out through taking a lot of different classes, including political science, I started to get an eye-opener about how things, like, really work and stop watching all the movies, okay? Because I'm thinking it's, like, Jimmy Stewart, you know, and, like, Mr. Smith goes to Washington and, like, Everything is so um, fair, and I'm, and also that rich people are so fair and caring. And uh, you know what? No, no, man, that's you've been sold a bill of goods. And uh, people need to do a little more critical thinking. And you don't have to follow the dots very far. I mean, just ask yourself some questions when you're looking at people, because I mean. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, I don't really give a shit at this point because it's all a mess. And uh, and people are making really emotional choices when they should be making more like educated choices. And the internet is making it really messy. Yeah, the information's out there, but there's also like a shit ton of disinformation. So, I mean, the most important thing you can do, if you ask me, to honor David Berman, who you don't even know at this point, but get this Purple Mountains album, maybe you will. Um, it's just become a critical thinker. I don't care what your background is. Um, make sure that the choice you're making is really the choice you want. And maybe we need to start looking at our politicians and demanding better because we've got some real Fruit Loops out there, some real losers that are like pontificating our future. And quite frankly, if you're somebody who's got like a bunch of kids, you should fear for them, okay? Because they're not going to, if they are girl children, they're not going to have shit for rights. And you think it ain't happening? It's happening. And I look at all my conservative friends and I look at their daughters who are little, smart little hellions. And I think, oh, good luck, young bucks. Because you know what? Your parents put in all kinds of fancy little laws that are going to diminish any kind of power that was given to you in the past. You know, I think a lot of people thought those laws would last forever, but you know what? You don't tend to the garden. The garden just becomes a bunch of vicious little weeds and everybody wants money and it's only getting messier, you know? So 
Anyway, I'm sorry this isn't like a super happy broadcast. Um, but, you know, when you're listening to David Berman, that's the thing. You're going to listen to uh, some happy stuff. You're going to listen to a nice beat. You're going to listen to good hooks and melodies. But you're also going to listen to some truth telling and some deep thinking shit. So, um, you know, anyway, you can take this for what it's worth. Uh, and I'm going to play another really good I'm like, which song do I want? Because I really like them all. Um, the decisions are so hard. I think we're going to do Margaritas at the Mall. Let's try it. Pretty deep, huh? It's a good song. Drinking Margaritas at the Mall, Purple Mountains, David Berman. This is Lunatic Fringe, your podcast for all things music and media, on the edges of music and media. This is Callie, your host. Hopefully you have got some food for thought and have a super groovy week, and I'll be talking at you soon.